FM. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's uh, seven minutes past eight. The Democratic Alliance has held its first inclusive policy conference uh, at uh, the Cape Town Civic Centre over the weekend to discuss the new direction the party should take. Since the formation of uh, the DA, its policies have been drafted by just a few party leaders, resulting in some leaders, MPs and -and rank-and-file members finding it difficult to understand or defend them. Although the pro-change group consists mainly of black leaders and has been dubbed the Black Caucus, sources from the group claim people of other races who share the vision are also involved in discussions about the new direction the party should take. Welcome to the Forum at 8, and uh, let's get talking on 0891-104-208. Also, you can send us an SMS 34701. This morning, we talked to Tim Harris, the DA's Shadow Minister of Finance, Good morning to you, Mr. Harris, coming to us live from our Seapoint studios. Good morning. And uh, we have Mzoko um, Lompolase, who is uh, a political analyst uh, at uh, Political Analysis. He's on the line for us. Uh, Mr. Mpolase, good afternoon to you. It's good morning, actually. Good morning, Tim. Good morning to the listeners. Gentlemen, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, let's start with uh, Mr. Tim Harris of uh, the DA. Let's look back at the weekend, uh, Mr. Harris. Maybe just uh, talk us through some salient points that uh, the, the party looked at as uh, you, you engaged uh, on a policy uh, redress uh, campaign over the weekend. And uh, what were the, the issues that you touched on? Well, obviously, because we're very excited about our uh, election campaign for next year, our prospects are looking very good, and we're uh, cementing our place as the only real alternative to the uh, ruling party. We sat down this weekend to take a look at 19 key policy uh, areas and to get buy-in from the, the party's federal council on th- that policy direction, and I'm pleased to report that we got... Uh, a huge uh, vote of confidence in our policies. We had a lively uh, discussion and debate, and I think there was a huge amount of unity amongst the DA's party leadership on a, d- a set of policies that will actually prioritize growth and jobs, but also support a growing economy, tackle corruption, and make sure that South Africans get the education they deserve. It's a plethora of uh, policies that you looked at over the weekend, but uh, just to highlight some uh, would be the issue of uh, uh, support for black advancement, support uh, for black broad-based black economic empowerment, and the issue of uh, employment equity and affirmative actions. Just talk us through those issues. What was the position of uh, the DA over the weekend? Well, firstly, the first policy that we presented was the um, the economic policy. Well, how we plan to fix the large division that remains in South Africa's economy, where you have a relatively small group of insiders that uh, are connected potentially, or sometimes to government, uh, that are able to get to, to get the jobs they need, that are able to get the education they need, that are able to start businesses. And on the other side, what the group we call the outsiders, you have people that are left out of our economy. And that's why you see the levels of inequality you have in South Africa. That's why you see the levels of, of uh, unemployment and why you see that growth is slow in South Africa relative to other developing countries. So clearly when you take that analysis of the economy, which the DA does, you need to have a set of plans to bridge that division in our economy. You have to recognize that apartheid created that division, but after 20 years of of an ANC government, we haven't successfully bridged that division. 
And if you bridge it, the GA is saying, you will start to generate higher growth, you will start to create jobs for our people, and you will start to make sure that people have the resources they need to start businesses and get the education that they deserve. So the first policy we presented was that economic policy to try and bridge that division in the South African economy. But then we also considered a set of policies that try and establish deliberate redress for the divisions caused by apartheid. And that there was a lot of interest in those policies. We reaffirmed the fact that uh, our predecessor party, the, the Liberal Party in 1960, said that the, the state must not shrink away from measures of intervention to ensure the creation of a non-racial economy. We reviewed our policies from 1995, uh, where the then DP said that individuals should have the right to redress for past discrimination. And we took, at some, we took a look at some comments from our party leader uh, in 2005 when Tony Leon said that he, we needed five reforms to the Black Economic Empowerment legislation to restore BEE policies to their original and noble purpose. So we, we, we added a lot of detail to those historical positions that have always recognized that race needs to be a central measure of disadvantage but certainly it's not the only measure. All right, let's stay with uh, the, the economic policy that uh, you, 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 you touched on just now. Uh, and uh, you, you opened your statement by saying that we are in an election year, so uh, some of these and the discussions really were geared towards that. But really the, the Democratic Alliance has been confusing uh, 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 us a great deal lately because, uh, for instance, let's look at uh, the Employment Equity Amendment Bill. You go to the National Assembly, you overwhelmingly support that, and then we move to the NCOP and you make a, a U-turn. We have the issue of a broad-based Black Economic Empowerment Amendment Bill. You have issues with that, and uh, there is no clarity as to what is your, uh, your standpoint. Just help us understand where do you stand as the DA on these two particular issues? Well, it's very clear where we stand on the principles of black economic empowerment, broad-based black economic empowerment and employment equity, and that is we've always been in favor of the principles behind black economic empowerment and broad-based uh, and, and employment equity, sorry. What you had in Parliament in the past few weeks is two amendment bills that came up for consideration. They were going to amend the black economic empowerment framework and amend the employment equity framework, and those were bad bills. They would take our approach to employment equity and our approach to black economic empowerment backwards. When you look at that employment equity bill, which we, we've acknowledged we made a mistake in supporting initially, the bill would introduce punitive measures to establish uh, employment equity based on quotas rather than targets. It would introduce a huge regulatory burden. It gives the minister uh, unfettered power to, issues reg to issue regulations and allows the DG uh, huge... Uh, influence in in setting the uh, what equitable rep representation means. It, it doesn't require him to take into account national and regional demographics and is entitled to reject other representations. So what you have is a bad amendment to a, a set of policies that the DA supports. We erred initially in supporting those amendments. We've now firmly established after this weekend that the right position was to oppose them, and that is what we've done.
On the Black Economic Empowerment Amendment Bill, what you saw was the ruling party table an amendments that would focus even more on ownership and not on new entrants to black economic empowerment. It would um, underemphasize participation by broad-based schemes, and it missed an opportunity to put job creation front and center in the BEE scorecard. So clearly there you have... Uh, a set of amendments to the, the broad-based black economic legislation that is not going to broaden ownership in this economy, and that's why we oppose the amendments. That doesn't mean we oppose broad-based BE. It's uh, Tim Harris. He is uh, the DA's shadow minister. He's uh, with us uh, from our C-Point studios in Cape Town. Just stay on the line, uh, Mr. Harris, but uh, we welcome your calls also on 891 SMS is 34701. When we talk some more, I want us to look at the issue of uh, race, the DA accepting that uh, race is here to stay, but also rejecting quotas in a policy shift. That's another issue that I want us to focus on. And also look at uh, the issue of race internally. Uh, in the, within the DA itself, uh, we, we see the emergence of uh, what's called now black caucus. But uh, let's talk to you, Mzokolombola. So just help us understand here, from what you've heard from Mr. Harris, what, what do you make of, of all that? I, I mean, some would say the, the DA appears to be talking from the both sides of their mouth. Well, uh, I guess the, the way they've been articulating um, their stance on um, BE and employment equity in general, has rather been ambivalent and uh, as a public relations nightmare, I would imagine, for the party. Uh, but from a policy perspective, it's, uh, it's like this. Uh, Tim Harris and the DA have articulated that they support the principles of BEE, uh, employment equity, the need for redress, and so on, uh, which then, um, you know, we having read through the uh, Green Paper, as well as uh, uh, you know, statements from Helen Zille in the aftermath of uh, their policy conference, uh, it seems that, uh, in the main, uh, the differences that they're articulating are rather superficial between themselves and the ANC. Uh, and it's almost a question of, uh, yes, we agree with the principles of all of this, uh, principles that the ANC agrees with in some way, uh, and also in going about implementing this. You know, they point to differences that I think even the ANC themselves wouldn't understand themselves to be that way, and then they, uh, you know, seek to create that difference, saying that the, you know, uh, the DA is vastly different on this point, which are all superficial issues, because if there is some difference, it ought to be at the policy level, not in the implementation level, at the formulation level. That's where the differences should occur. And it ends up being a question of what the ANC has come out, come out uh, to implement, to propose. They support it in some way. Of course, they have uh, reservations regarding the, these new amendments uh, to the broad-based economic empowerment sort of quotas and all of that, and uh, as well as uh, the Employment Equity Amendment Bill. So basically, it's a question of we support what the ANC is doing because that will implement it better, and perhaps we would incorporate common sense questions around uh, the implementation, some of which have not uh, been implemented or at least considered in some realistic way by the ANC, which then leaves the voter confused rather than, uh, you know, uh, having this ideological split. You know, the DA ideologically with the ANC ideologically and not the same parties to now come out and create an impression that, you know, they support effectively the same thing, uh, even though ideologically they're split, confuses the voter, and uh, their articulation of it, as I've said, leaves much to be desired. Uh, one week they're saying, uh, you know, 
whether it's Wilma James saying uh, they do not support BE, my money coming in saying uh, they support BE. And also, uh, Tim says that uh, this has been in the history of the party, you know, articulating what was said in 1960, uh, 1994, 2005, uh, by Tony Leon, DP, and all of that. If it was such a question, if it was such uh, an issue for the party, something to be considered, why has the articulation failed thus far? So that question, I would imagine, leaves the voter quite confused. If uh, on such an important issue, as they deem it to be important, why is there such a lack of clarification, a lack of cogent policy around this from within the party and within, obviously, the party's following and, you know, by extension, the voter? All right, uh, I want us to come back and interrogate that kind of confusion insofar as how the DA interprets uh, policies. Uh, they, they agree a great deal with uh, the polit- polit- uh, policies that are in place right now. For instance, they talk of uh, redress for apartheid. They agree with the ANC there. Racial self-identification, they agree with the ANC there. But race determines destiny is what they say the ANC says. But the DA says race still matters for redress. So we'll be talking about uh, this particular issue in a short while 0891104208 the city of ekuruleni economic development department is starting an ongoing youth work readiness program a public private partnership designed to help graduates refine their skills acquire experience and be employable we encourage corporates and public organizations to partner with us to employ young graduates and matriculants the city will take responsibility for the monthly salary paid to these graduates for the 8 to 12 month internship Companies should contact program manager Colin Ramukhale on 011-999-8231. Ekoruleni, a partnership that works. We don't know what you'll do to get better rewards. We don't know if you'll lie about your weight, how much you smoke, or tell someone every time you visit the gynecologist. We just don't know that. But we do know that you shouldn't have to constantly reach for a certain status just to be rewarded. That's why Liberty's Own Your Life Rewards gives everyone the same discounts on cars, flights, movie tickets, gym membership, and more. And it's available whether you have medical aid or not. No, we don't know what you'll do to get better rewards. But we do know that there's no reward that's worth a lady having to divulge her weight. To give your lifestyle the Liberty advantage, visit liberty.co.za or speak to your advisor. Ask her. She'll know. Liberty, the advantage of knowing. Liberty is an authorized financial services provider. T's and C's apply. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's just Leonard wearing his red underpants over his jeans. Really, Leonard? It's so easy to be a hero. Just pop into PG Glass for a free windscreen safety check. It takes five minutes and could save your life. Enter our competition and you can win a trip for four to Disneyland USA and weekly prizes. Follow us on Facebook to see if you're a winner. Isn't that awesome? T's and T's apply. Be a hero. Be safe on the road. PG Glass, 0860-03-0303. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. We've got me, Bongi Kuala, with uh, you till 9 uh, this uh, morning as uh, we're talking to Tim Harris, the DA's Shadow Minister of Finance, uh, talking post uh, the party's policy conference this weekend. And we also have uh, Mzoko Lompolase, who's a political analyst at uh, Political Analysis at uh, 22 minutes past uh, 8. We welcome your SMSs at 34701. Your calls also are welcome 891 uh, Mr. Harris, uh, race remains a legitimate measure of a disadvantage in South Africa. That's what you said. Just uh, talk us through that. At the same time, you are rejecting quotas in, in your policy shift. Mm, absolutely. I think all South Africans realize that um, we have one of the world's highest rates of unemployment, one of the world's highest rates of inequality, and that inequality 
today has a racial measure uh, or a, a racial element. It's, it's uh, broadly speaking, the vast majority of people that are unemployed, the vast majority of the poor are black. And that's because we had entrenched racialism under the apartheid government for more than half a century. So when, when we say the DA is, is in support of redress, that's exactly what we mean. We're, supportive, we're in support of redressing the huge inequalities that resulted from the institutionalized racism of apartheid. And that's actually the, the, the state's obligation to tackle those inequalities are, are set up in the Constitution. In the Equality Clause, the, 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 the state is uh, committed to promote the achievement of equality, legislative and other measures designed to protect or advance persons or categories of persons disadvantaged by unfair discrimination. So I think uh, what Mzor said about us agreeing with the ANC is not, it's, it's not actually accurate. What, we re- what all South Africans agree is that those redress measures designed and set out in the Constitution need to be in place. So that is why we, we, we support the... Um, uh, principles of redress, not because they're the ANC's principles, but because they are constitutional principles. Now, I accept that up until now, we haven't had sufficient policy detail on how exactly we would change the approach to redress. But what I can tell you is that this weekend that changed. We adopted our policy for economic inclusion that includes in great detail exactly how we would change the approach to redress from the approach that the ANC's adopted that frankly isn't working. Will it then be, be unfair uh, to, to, to suggest that uh, the, the DA, as you rightfully admit right now, that uh, you didn't have sufficient policy uh, uh, direction, so to speak. So you've been just piggybacking on what the NC has put in place over the years, uh, but all that you've been doing really is to uh, cement it, some would say, just playing with words uh, and make it uh, look like uh, th- there's, a, there's a fundamental difference. No, not at all. There's a big difference between d- direction and detail. We've, we've always been in the direction uh, of having a set of policies that put race at their heart to try and redress the racial inequalities caused by apartheid. But we, we haven't sufficiently dealt up until now with the detail of how we set out our alternative vision to achieve that redress. And that has now changed, but there's no difference in the direction in fact, right back to 1960, as I read earlier, right through the 90s, until now, the party has always been ascribed to the Constitution's principle of non-racialism on one hand, but importantly, these measures designed to advance persons that were disadvantaged by previous unfair discrimination. Okay. So it's exactly the same position. We now simply have more detail. All right, uh, Mr. Bolas, I'm going to bring you in just now, but uh, let's talk to Mike in Middleburg, who wants to know uh, if really the issue of uh, uh, equity bill was to be retabled. What would be the the DA's position? Mike, good morning. Morning, morning, uh, Bongi, and thanks for taking my call. Speak to Tim Enzo. Indeed, indeed, that is my question. Um, You know, the late great Peter Tosh in his song titled Equal Rights, he says, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Uh, for for DA to really endorse a redress, they must know that that is the route to go. You cannot go to heaven without dying. Now, that is exactly my question. After this policy conference of theirs, if the bill was to be retabled in its very same form, would they support it or what? All right, thank you very much, Mike in Middleburg. There you have it, Mr. Harris. But uh, Sabelo also in Stellenbosch wants to ask you a question. Good morning, Sabelo. 
Yes, thank you for taking my call. I have a question for Tim specifically. Uh, Tim, you make an acknowledgement as well that uh, finally the DA is acknowledging that race has been an issue of discrimination in the past and uh, the, the, the gap between the rich and the poor or the, those that are internal and external remains vast along racial lines as well. But I fail to hear specifically, having acknowledged that race is an issue, how do you then ensure that uh, race is again used or what other methods are, are going to be used in your policies now to ensure that... Uh, the upliftment, or specifically the black as the race is, is, is used to, to uplift them. I don't know if my question is making sense. What, what policies are you, are you putting in place to ensure that the issue that you acknowledge as a problem is now being redressed, specifically on the issue of race? Thank you Thank very you. much, Savelo in Stellenbosch, 28 minutes past 8. This is the forum at 8. Mr. Harris. Well, uh, firstly, to Mike's question on what we would do if the bill was retabled, we, I, I presume he's talking about the Employment Equity Amendment Bill, which we supported initially until we realized that it, 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 it took entirely the wrong approach to achieving workplace diversity. That's why we uh, opposed it in the National Council of Provinces, and certainly if it was retabled again, we would oppose it, not, not because we oppose the, the principles and the objectives of employment equity. We need to ensure workplace diversity in this country. Companies and institutions that do not embrace embrace diversity will be weaker. That's why we need positive incentives to promote workplace diversity, not quotas, not punitive measures. So that's one of the key differences between the DA and the ANC's approach. We would set out... Um, incentives to, for companies to become more diverse in the workplace. The ANC is moving towards setting quotas and, and, and punitive measures to ensure that companies reach those quotas. That's a fundamentally different approach. The ANC is setting out to manipulate outcomes. The DA is setting out to broaden opportunity. On the issue of race? On the, on the issue of race, the DA is, is fundamentally clear on this. Race is the best indicator right now of disadvantage in South Africa because we had more than half a century of institutionalized racism and importantly because the ANC has not successfully bridged the division that apartheid caused. That doesn't mean that there aren't other measures that could indicate disadvantage. And we've taken a look at using them. Obviously, there, there is an, an irony in, in using apartheid racial measures to try and redress the uh, apartheid racism. We, we acknowledge that. But at this point, we can't find measures that are, are simple and easy enough to use to drive a program of change right across the economy. That is why race remains at the heart of our redress program. But where we have, where we can, we have introduced other, other uh, elements, other proxies. We have taken uh, elements of the redress program in great detail in our policy and uh, removed racial elements where we can, but overwhelmingly it is a redress program that recognizes that race is still the number one indicator of disadvantage. All right, uh, we are talking to Tim Harris. He is the DA's Shadow Minister of Finance, uh, post their policy conference over the weekend. And also I have uh, um, Zoko Lompolas, uh, a political analyst on the line here. He is with uh, Political Analysis. I'll be bringing him in really uh, to talk uh, to us about his views about what has been said so far, particularly by Mr. Harris. I've got uh, questions, SMSs and uh, telephone calls coming through 0891. 
1042 SMSs to say that uh, they now support uh, BBBEE and affirmative action is a lie. It's just uh, electioneering. They never supported these policies. They just exist to preserve the privileges of uh, the white minority. They don't care about the majority, which is uh, which was harmed by apartheid from the uh, benefited, says Tami in Nkandla. And as Piwa in Kwazulu Natal, a simple question to the DA, if there are two candidates, black and white in brackets, with same qualifications and same years of experience, which one will they take? Mr. Harris, your question, this one. And uh, Bongi, where does uh, the DA stand on uh, the sunset clause? Hope you were able to answer this one as well. It's unsigned. Why does the DA not support a living social grant for pensioners of a hundred rand a day? And there's one coming from uh, Brian Kumalo in Pittsburgh saying that uh, why shadow ministers uh, in DA are all whites, no black shadow minister. DA using uh, Musi and uh, Mazibugo just to get black voters. DA is for white people. That's Brian Kumalo in Peter Maritzburg. DA is playing political games with uh, the hope to make inroads with the majority of uh, the voters, says Keith. And Sly says, how can he say that uh, insiders to uh, economic benefits are those with links to government? And uh, why does uh, he not uh, mention whites uh, who overwhelmingly control the economy today and will do so tomorrow? Whites, according to all economic facts, are the insiders, and they became insiders as a result of a successive uh, widening uh, preference, uh, or rather preface, uh, all their statements with uh, we know what happened in the past. Okay, this one can't make sense of it, but uh, it's unsigned. We're just waiting to give you the uh, news headlines, but uh, perhaps uh, uh, let's continue then uh, and uh, let's uh, bring uh, Mr. Mzokolompola. Uh, really, what do you make of, of what the, the DA is saying right now? Are they, are they having a, a, an identity crisis? Well, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's an identity crisis. Uh, one of the perils, I would imagine, being an opposition party that only really has experience in governance in a provincial government rather than a, a sort of national government, these things will come into play, particularly where you don't have an avenue to fully implement what you're proposing. So it's always a theory. It's always uh, a proposal, basically. So, And you would expect these policy inconsistencies to happen at this stage, you know, Okay. I'll come back to you shortly. We have to take the headlines. It's uh, 27 minutes now to 9. Uh, really good morning once again. And uh, Nancy Richards, you in for Rowena Bird on Morning Talk this morning, coming through to us from our Seapoint Studios. Good morning. What's coming up? Hi there, Bongi. Thank you very much. Coming through from very wet Seapoint Studios. Well, what we're looking at on Morning Talk this morning, we're going to be looking at the Employment Equity Amendment Bill and all its implications, not least its aim to promote equity and equality in the workplace, equal pay for equal value. Be chatting to Labour analyst Michael Bagram on that one. Also looking at political party funding and the possibility of some sort of democracy fund to balance things out and create greater transparency. We'll be chatting to Judith Federey. She's a council member for the Advancement of the Constitution Advisory Board and have thoughts on that. And also it's our psychology matters on a Monday, how to conquer your fears. Clinical psychologist, director of the Family Therapy Centre in Bramfontein will be joining us on that. So don't be afraid to join us and uh, on any of the subjects, 0892102010. That's Morning Talk coming up at 9 o'clock here on SAFM. Thanks, Pongi. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? 
No, it's just Leonard wearing his red underpants over his jeans. Really, Leonard? It's so easy to be a hero. Just pop into PG Glass for a free windscreen safety check. It takes five minutes and could save your life. Enter our competition and you could win a trip for four to Disneyland USA and weekly prizes. Follow us on Facebook to see if you're a winner. Isn't that awesome? T's and T's apply. Be a hero. Be safe on the road. PG Glass. 0860-030303. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 23 minutes to 9. This is uh, SAFM 104 to 107. Indeed, it's uh, the Forum at 8 with me, Bongi Kuala. We're talking to the Democratic Alliance. They held their policy conference over the weekend, and we're talking to Tim Harris. He is uh, the DA's Shadow Minister of Finance there. And uh, I have uh, Mzokolo Mbolase, also a political analyst at uh, Political Analysis uh, South Africa. Uh, Mr. Mbolase, let's just uh, pick up on on that issue of uh, identity crisis uh, for, for the DA. You were saying that you wouldn't go as far as that, but also they they are in a bit of a conundrum because they, they, they need to to bring in black voters, and which is why then these issues some would say are coming to the fore: the issues of BEE, the issues of uh, employment equity, and so on and so on. But also they have traditional liberal members who would still want to see certain things done in a particular way. How do you then move on as the Democratic Alliance today? Well. Um on the issue of identity, as I was saying, you know, um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't go as far as saying this is political consistency has always happened. Uh, but I think Tim Harris, uh, more than the document that came out over the weekend, as well as, you know, the subsequent press releases and interviews that I've been listening to, uh, seems to be, you know, much better clarity than all those documents, which says to me that there's a lack of clarification, a lack of understanding, and certainly that's why most people are saying it's it's a play on words, semantics essentially. Uh, yes, race is an indicator, and uh, perhaps I take exception, you know, this, uh, thinking of it being a proxy and all of that. Uh, the DA concedes that it was racialized policy which led to the inequality that we see today, and of course we, uh, fixing that does not, uh, you know, require, you know, these terms of diversity and all of that. It was a racial program meant to bring about a certain economic outcome. Now that that outcome is there, you obviously would need race to be the criteria. It's not a proxy. It's, it, it, it is the only criteria. They're having difficulty with associating other criterion to this because Race is the only measure, really. And it's almost as if you cannot embrace it. Though they say they embrace it, uh, you know, affirmative action and employment equity and so on, uh, you cannot, you need to go as far as saying that it is a racial problem Mm. and that poverty manifests itself within the black population and therefore to address it would need one to look at the black population and colored population to a greater extent than perhaps another racial grouping. So you cannot have it both ways in some way. Okay, the DA now says that international investors will take their money elsewhere if they are threatened with uh, punitive measures of a racial quota. So the issue of race really is here to stay with us. But let me go to Yunus or Yanis uh, in Cape Town. Uh, good morning to you, Yanis. Good morning to you. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed with the DA because they are swimming in both directions. They say on one side they would try to protect the uh, uh, white of domination. The, the, the uh, investors from other countries, from other countries usually, you know, and then satisfied our black uh, citizens. This is not wrong. Until we're not going to address completely the race point of view, we have two 
stop talking about the race. We have to implementing the, the issue that we we are one equal nation, no black, no whites, and then we can, can only win this case. Because you know, to say that we are supporting that and they going into reverse and making some some points, it's not fair. And I don't do not agree. We need a party. We need a political party will say no more race. Like in Germany, for instance, when during the Hitler time, the Aryans. They were white as well, but super white, you know. When the German, the, 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 the war ended, they say no more race, no more advantage of anybody. And the Germany, after 15 years, they're doing brilliantly. Because, okay. you know, economy was growing, but not other countries going to always fight about the race. And we'll never have any progress. Yanis, thank you very much in Cape Town. Matala in Durban, good morning. Hello, good morning. Now... The main issue is the DA in fact represents the interest of British imperialism. It was the British imperialists who deliberately introduced the Group Areas Act, uh, took away the land, the 1913 Land Act, when they took away 87% of the land. They are the ones who deliberately impoverished the people. Now, the DA deliberately diverts our attention away from the British and from them to the Afrikaners, divide and rule, so that we keep bearing apartheid, apartheid, last 50 years or 60 years, whereas the British were responsible for implementing all the laws, group areas act, pass laws, taking away the land. It was the same English people. Now, the English people, as they do everywhere else in the world, divide the people, make them fight among themselves. This is what the DA is doing at present. Okay. And we must, as black people, as everybody, we must realize that this divide and rule policy, we kill our own people, Zulus are killing Zulus just before independence, the Muslims are killing Muslims in the Middle East, the Christians are killing Christians in Ireland. All these divide and rule policies we must not fall for. And realize okay. the main cause of all the problems. We got you, Matara. Thank you very much. Uh, in Durban, uh, let's talk to the NC's uh, Keith Koza now, who's uh, called in on 0891-104-208. Mr. Koza, good morning. What's your point? I see. I, I, I just want to, before you, you, you comment, I know you have your own issues that you want to raise, but uh, I'm reading through the, the DA's document here. They are making some, some similarities and, 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 and distinctions. They're saying NC discourages entrepreneurship. Uh, they say they encourage entrepreneurship. They say punitive measures by the NC, positive incentives by the DA. Just some of the issues that came through over the weekend. But broadly, what's your comment? Yeah, well, the issue of entrepreneurship, if you look at all the policy documents of the ANC, we believe that entrepreneurship is a centerpiece of any policy that's going to create jobs. And that's why we promote entrepreneurship, including SMMEs, as, as the ANC, for starters. But secondly, I think we need to welcome the clarity that the DA has given, that theirs is about the status quo. They don't want to see change. They want to advance their liberal agenda and yet using black votes for that. I'll tell you what, the black caucus of the DA has demonstrated quite clearly that they have no notion of what transformation is about, what change is about. If you look at uh, many areas where uh, business is supposed to lead in terms of transformation, 
whether it's in management structures, the selection, the remuneration, these things are not happening. That's why South Africa remains more unequal today than it has been because when, when you leave it to the private sector to do these things, they will never do them. And what DA is saying is saying, no, 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 don't, don't set targets. Don't penalize those who are not playing according to the rules. Let them decide if they want to do it or not. And it will give them incentives. I, I, well, I don't know what incentives they have. They need to still, still to spell out what incentives they have. That will make uh, business depart from its current uh, stance on many issues and their inertia when it comes to certain policy uh, positions where, where they have to be implemented. Business will only do anything okay. if it has to do with their bottom line. Got you. Thank you very much, uh, Keith Koza from uh, the ANC. Uh, Mr. Harris, let's come back to you with uh, some of the SMSs here. DA choking on their own vomit, confused. It's unsigned. This one says BE is nothing else but a reformist policy that benefits the ANC and uh, the DA. It can never be a re- re- distributive economic policy. We need to get rid of uh, the ANC, then DA uh, will be history. Apartheid did not uh, die. It's uh, smart and democratic from uh, Kosi Matachuga. But uh, Mr. Harris, uh, Mr. Koza here saying that uh, you don't want to see uh, change. You, the status quo really suits you perfectly fine. You are just putting a, a facade here. Uh, how do you respond to some of these issues that have been raised? Well, in fact, if you look at our entire policy set from this weekend, it's a, it's a, it's a whole agenda for change. The, the, the point is, after 1994, South Africa needed enormous change, polit- particularly on the economic front. And I think that's the ANC's number one failing. There, there has not been enough change under the ANC. They haven't managed to to uh, break down the divisions between the insiders and the outsiders. We've left it to the ANC to do it and they haven't done it. So what the DA is saying in these policies, in our campaign for next year, we're saying we've shown we can deliver uh, services, we can deliver jobs, we can run uh, the city of Cape Town, we can run 28 other municipalities, and we can run the, the, the province of, of the Western Cape, and in those places we can turn these into working economies. Now, give us a chance to do the same at national level, because the ANC has not managed to do that. The ANC, uh, in their approach to redress, has, and I think I agree with that last SMS, that BEE only benefits the ANC. When you look at the way they've implemented these redress policies, they've simply enriched a narrow elite. So that has led to some change right at the top of the economy. When you look at billionaires and millionaires, it's a very diverse group. But you still have the people that were left out under apartheid are still left out today. And that's the legacy of the ANC. And that's why the, the, the detailed policies for a program of redress that we tabled on the weekend okay. support it broadens opportunities for disadvantaged people, the people the ANC has left out, the people that are overwhelmingly black. That, that uh, SMS also says that the BEE benefits uh, the ANC and DA, I might add that. But uh, speaking to uh, your leader, uh, Ms. Helen Ziller, the other day, he, he did say that, uh, look, South Africa is a better place today than it was uh, before 1994. And he attributes quite a lot of uh, uh, the positives that we see in the country to the ANC. Are you, are you also admitting that, uh, indeed, this South Africa is a better country today than it was before 1994? No, a- absolutely. There's absolutely no doubt. The, the uh, political liberation uh, has been extraordinary. We were in the, a repressive, racist regime before, and the ANC has achieved many things in the past 20 years, but for, from, from where I sit, they haven't successfully challenged the divisions in the economy. We still have one of the world's highest rates of unemployment. We still have 
um, one of the world's highest rates of inequality. It's because people that are connected to the ruling party are the ones that have benefited and the vast majority have not benefited. And that's why this program of redress, that's why these economic policies need to focus on the outsiders. There were outsiders under apartheid. The problem is they're still outsiders today under the ANC. Mm. Let's talk back, uh, just look back at the is- issue of race. You, you are saying that you're accepting that uh, race is here to stay with us and you're rejecting the issue of quotas. You're even going as far as saying that uh, foreign investors will go away if we, we introduce those. But uh, it would appear that uh, internally you also have uh, issues with race because now we see the emergence of uh, uh, black caucus, for instance. Just, just talk us through that. What is, what is that all about? Well, firstly, I, I don't think it's fair to say that the DA think, thinks race is here to stay. The Constitution sets out a non-racial future for South Africa, and that's, that non-racialism is something that the DA takes very, very seriously. And we need to get there. We need to get to a point where we transcend race. But for today, given the legacy of apartheid, we still need to use race-based redress so that we can get to the point in the future where we are a non-racial society. There's no way that we're saying that race is here to stay. We're saying that race needs to be the measure for how you implement a redress program today. Uh, On the uh, question of our own um, programs of, of redress and diversity. The DA is an extraordinary diverse party. I don't know anything about your, what you're calling a black caucus. We, I have black colleagues, white colleagues. We have a huge amount of diversity in our parliamentary caucus and through our, our party in general. Um, what we had on the weekend was a very open discussion between equals, not between groups, where people said, we haven't sufficiently sketched out our alternative for how to achieve redress. Let's do that. And that's what we did on the weekend. When you talk about uh, um, us saying that um, punitive measures will take away uh, investments, I think it's quite clear when you're given the choice between positive incentives and punitive measures, the punitive measures by implication bring red tape and bureaucracy. Positive incentives try and drive change in the right direction through uh, positive measures. And that's the, 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 the key choice between the DA and the ANC. The ANC is trying to punish people in the right direction. The DA, the, the DA is trying to incentivize them along to achieve that diversity, to change the way our economy looks. Okay. And, and just one last point. When, when the, one of your, your SMSs asked about if there are two equal candidates in, in, th- that are equal in every way except the ones black and the ones white, obviously if the DA is in support of racial preference, we would have to choose the black candidate. That is the point. But it's not a quota. We're not saying this is a quota, this is a firm outcome that we need to get to, and if you don't get there, we're going to punish you. We're saying we need a program of race-based redress that prefers people that were left out under apartheid, and hopefully we can get to a point uh, where we don't need to use those racial measures okay. anymore. Okay. So once on the issue of race, uh, race he wants to argue that uh, DA represents uh, one specific uh, race. It's a sheet. Sapiso, good morning to you. Um, good morning. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you so much to Tim Harris as well for availing himself today. I just want to ask regarding the, the DA policies, right? I just want to know that, you know, we always talk about race, race in South Africa, whether their policies are really truly representing South Africans, not the minority or the majority. The reason why is because in Kailicha, I volunteer in most of the uh, townships in Cape Town, Kailich, Halanga, and Fulin. The contrast between the township and the suburbs in uh, Cape Town is appalling. 
Racism is still there in Cape Town, unfortunately. And again, ANC failed to serve the black people. I will mention race now because most of the poorest communities in Cape Town are the black people. And DA has been in administration for the past four years. And they're also failing the black people. So I just want to know that who are they really representing? What is the identity of DA? Because whenever you think of DA, you think of the minority or the white people. So their policies are they truly a reflection of the South Africans or the white people? Thank Ochi. you. Sapisa, thank you very much. Also on the issue of race, Kaya in Hofmeyer. Good afternoon. Uh, good morning to you, Kaya. Hi, uh, Chief. How are you? Thanks for coming. I'm all right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, I want to make two quick ones. The first one is that how is the DA uh, planning to redress, you know, the issue of racism? which is deep-rooted mostly in the Western Cape where they are governing. Number two, if you look at the employment statistics in this country, most employed people in most senior and well-paying jobs are still white. And how are they going to address that problem? If they want the black majority vote, how are they going to make sure that the black majority, which the ANC have represented in many years, trying to boost them into broad economic empowerment, black economic empowerment? The last point when I'm telling is that if the Democratic Alliance is saying they are looking for the black majority votes, how are they going to address issues, statements that have been made by their leaders? The refugee case, for instance, for those that are coming from the Eastern Cape, have they discussed that in their, in their policy conference? Thank you very much. Thank you, Kaya. All right, let me read a whole lot of SMSs and tweets. One coming from Johnny Michael Musa at Kuala News saying, why are these policies the shadow minister is talking about not working in the Western Cape? It's a question there. And this one, I am horse ZW saying that at Kuala News, the reason why the ANC is not coping economically is because when South Africa got independence, they, they did not get economic independence. And SMSs, this one says, why does... Okay, We've got that one. Personally, I don't support BE policy uh, in a sense that uh, it excludes majority and advances nepotism from uh, SA matter there. This is nothing but PR exercise to get black voters. They don't believe in BE, no equal, uh, equity uh, employment. They didn't support bill on labor brokers. That's Tulan in Durban. How does the quota differ from targets? The DA is now also using smoke and mirrors, Andy in Ramsgate. The DA confuses me. At least uh, the ANC is clear. Push for CBEE which is a comrade-based BEE. That's JNSPS there. There's a lot of SMSs. I don't think I'll be able to finish all of them. But uh, let's wrap now. What is your sense of uh, really the, the discussion today? Where do you think the DA is going? And uh, after their policy conference, do you think there will be clarity now on some of the policies? Well, I think the confusion remains. Um, you know, they, they'll, they'll still need to articulate this point further as evidenced by the many SMSs which, which seek further clarity from the DA. But uh, beyond that, I think they've handled this not so well in the sense that um, they've effectively made it a voting currency on the fortnight of the election, which is, uh, you know, close to the election right now. They've made it a voting currency, which was not necessarily the case. Ideologically, they're not pressured to deal with this in the same manner of whether they embrace uh, a, a employment equity or affirmative action. Ideologically, they could deal, it, deal with it in another way, in a sense of they could say, we target poverty and Poverty manifests itself in mostly black or, or, and colored communities or previously disadvantaged individuals. That would deal with that without really trying to, you know, position themselves across this uh, uh, BE employment equity issue. But beyond that, 
the issue of incentives to the private sector. Right now, South African rugby faces the same problem it was facing 12 years ago. Mm. That problem is one of transformation. And basically, if you do not have set targets, if you do not have punitive measures, you will still be facing the same problem. They're still talking the same transformation they were talking in 2003, and nothing has happened. But beyond that... uh, they had an opportunity in the sense that they do govern in the, in the Western Cape province. They've been in power for about four years. Are there any discernible differences? Have they implemented what they envisaged to implement according to their policies in the Western Cape? And the answer is a resounding no, as captured by some of you listeners. Okay. So it, it, it's something that the party will have to grapple with uh, between now and the elections and well, well beyond the elections, I imagine. All right, uh, thank you very much there, Mzokolo Mbolasa. But uh, just to wrap uh, a couple of SMSs, many people in this country have short memories. Back in the de- in the bad old days, the DA were forced to be a white party, not a choice. Please remember how hard Helen Suzman, Fanzail Slavet, uh, Alex Boren, and others worked for racial uh, equality. Let's accept that we are all equal at last. And uh, it's Lulu there. And this one from, from uh, Alex uh, in Centurion saying that perhaps for wrong reasons, the DA is right. We need to use class and not race. We need to empower those who need empowerment and not black because they are super rich black, such as I mentioned names there, who are richer than most whites there. All right, uh, let's wrap up with you, uh, Mr. Harris. What's your, what's your final word? Now that uh, there seems to be uh, confusion uh, over, your, over your policies, and you're trying to clarify some of them, and some, I'm sure, uh, would have been clarified by now. But really, moving forward to 2014, what is uh, the DA carrying forward? The DA this weekend has confirmed a broad policy set that will turn this into an economy that works, that will work for all people, including those that were left out by the apartheid regime because of the color of their skin, who remain overwhelmingly today left out by the ANC government. Our policies are focused on giving those outsiders a chance. We recognize that the vast majority of them are black, and our program is a, is a bold program of race-based redress that recognizes that race is an indicator of, of, of disadvantage, but where possible, if we can find other measures, we are using them so that we can get to the non-racial future that South Africa needs to get to. Okay. Our delivery record in the city of Cape Town and the province of the Western Cape speaks for itself. We have the lowest rate of unemployment in the Western Cape. We delivered in the city of Cape Town to 270 areas that had absolutely no service delivery under the ANC government. Our record speaks for itself, and I hope voters give us the chance to change their lives in the same way. Okay. in other places next year. We thank you very much, uh, Tim Harris, the DA's Shadow Minister of Finance, and Mzokko Lompolase, who is a political analyst at Political Analysis. Nine o'clock now, and it's time for the news. I shall meet with you at uh, 12 o'clock for Midday Live. Bye-bye.